And I'm excited here because we have some great things that we're going to discuss here. Um, Jasmine is so excited about giving you some tools um, how to combat this beast of um, sexual deviance and called pornography. And then I can discuss also some ways about how it affects your relationship and ruins your intimacy. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the ways that, of course, it definitely affects your relationship and intimacy um, is it breaks the bond of trust. It puts you in isolation. And then it also, of course, you know, brings about these unrealistic standards. So Mm -hmm. we were laughing about these unrealistic standards because um, I used to really expect and first off, I, I still expect to some degree, but we were laughing that when we first, you know, got married, that I came into it like Jasmine should be acting like my favorite, you know, porn actress at the time. She should be able to do a handstand, that she should be flipping over the arm of the couch that, I mean, I expected her to do gymnastics. Team USA. That's what I expected. And she was like, yeah, I'm more like Team Brazil. Like, I can still flip, but that's not what I was created to be, Chris. I'm not an object. Like, I don't have to just do, you know, all the things that you want me to do. Like, that's not real life. And it's true. Mm-hmm. Like, the goal is for her to, you know, connect with me, to bond with me in bed, you know, not to embed in the kitchen, wherever else this has takes place. Mm-hmm. But it's to bond. It's to be it's to it's not to for it's not for me to be envisioning my favorite scene and trying to recreate it. Because that connection is not just with her. Mm-hmm. It's with another vision. It's with another party. Mm-hmm. So I had to kind of try to reset my mind on that. And once I started, you know, getting a healthy mindset, it's crazy about how much more I enjoy sex because of the connection, because of the authentic desiring and lust that I had for my wife. Mm-hmm. And I was out of isolation. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing worse than being in isolation. And some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You can you can be in a relationship with a beautiful woman mm-hmm. and be in isolation because you can't connect. You're suddenly, you know, wondering... Um, why haven't I desired to have sex with this person? And they're looking amazing. So you you start to really have to come to grips with yourself like, it's me. Yeah. It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Yeah. And that that's what I had to deal with. I remember when you first went through your porn detox and it was like your first 30 days. I remember you finally was like, oh my goodness, I know what it feels like to be horny. Like, that was a, like, you couldn't really relate to me when I would be like, I'm horny, bae. Like, you didn't even really understand what that even meant, like, or experience that feeling. I knew how to do the job. I knew that, I knew that, I knew how to pleasure. And, you know, if I knew that you were ready, then I was probably 30, 40, 50% ready, you know, but... I was re- I I knew how to get into it. So once I was into it, I was 100%. Right. But it's the it's the beginning. It's the But draw. because you were previously watching porn and masturbating, you didn't even have a chance to become horny. It's like eating food all day long. Like yeah. it's, you know, if I'm eating never and nibbling hungry. all day long, I'm never yeah. going to be hungry. Yeah. But if you add another dish to the plate, yeah, I'll eat. 
Yeah. You know, but right. you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going a full day or two without eating to where it's like, oh my gosh, I'm starving for that. And that be, that's that's a hit at intimacy right yes, there. Yes, that's a hit at intimacy right there. And, it, and of course, it, we're talking about sexual intimacy right now. So the other, I can really relate to Chris as far as the expectations and the things that you kind of create in your head and want to play out. Because I was the same way as far as um, wanting to create. Now, I didn't necessarily have visions of other people in my mind, like um, thinking about a, a certain guy and like having sex with my husband while thinking about somebody else. That wasn't the case, but I attributed characteristics to my husband in my fantasy that wasn't really there. So I would play out a scene that I saw in a in a porn in my mind or those characteristics of that man in that porn scene, how he, what he was saying, what he was saying to the woman, how he was treating the woman, what he was doing. I would kind of like fantasize about that and it would turn me on to a point of orgasm quicker. And so I would easily go there. Like in my mind, in my intimate bed with my husband, I, my mind would be somewhere else. So, um, so I can relate to you on that. So, we also discussed, you know, another way that porn like really messes up things. And we were talking about this today. And I was asking myself, like, why are so many guys single? Like, why are so many men by themselves? Like, and, and not only are they single, because there are many single women, but men don't even desire to some degree to connect in a relationship long term. And that is worrisome to me. And it, and it causes me to really think it's something deeper at play because I know that there are plenty of beautiful women in the world and it's not about beauty and it's not about, you know, a woman not being ready for a relationship, but something's missing there. And I can only attribute it to pornography. And the reason is because when you're watching pornography, that becomes your mate, mm -hmm. that becomes your satisfaction. And women as real humans are look, they're objects. They're, they're a source of pleasure to you they're not you know a they're, they're not this full human entity that can you know build you as a man that can bring about change in your life that can bring about joy um that can you know be the symbolism of a family for you you view women through the lens of sexual pleasure and after a while that becomes your mo mm -hmm. women on screen are, is where i get my pleasure my joy you know from women in real life is where I get to act out the fantasy. So they're the fantasy takers. They're not real. It's nothing I need to connect to because my connection is with what I see on screen. Mm -hmm. So I believe that it's emotionally crushing our men. It's a, it's a, it's a small, it's a part of it. I don't think it's the whole, but it is a part of what's crushing our men and not, you know, bridging these, these families together. Um, and I would also, you know, add another thing that for many men who are, did you want to say something to that no, real no, quick? No. I'd also say real quick that many men who are struggling with this, you're also, if you're in a relationship, this brings about so much insecurity to your wife. Mm -hmm. Now it can. Now I, I don't, I, I did my, I did everything that I knew how, I mean, Jasmine could speak to this, that I wasn't walking around saying you need to get this hair this way. You need to get this implant. You need to, you know, get this type of weight loss. That was that's not been me. That's just kind of how who I am. But I know that there are probably many relationships where porn validates 
all these negative aspects for a woman. You know, like she needs to look different. She needs to lose weight. She needs to have red hair. She needs to be sexier. Uh, she needs to wear better clothes or be this size. All the things that he's seen on screen. Mm-hmm. He sees all these things. So now, why am I not seeing this in my house? Like, I want I want your makeup to be right. Um, I'm thinking about spending 10000 on plastic surgery so you can have, you know, the bubble butt from, you know, bangingbooties.com. That's not a real website. I legitimately just made that up. Mm-hmm. So don't go visit it because it's probably not real. Mm-hmm. But whatever it is, you're not operating in a sense of wholeness. You're viewing your wife as an entity and not a partner. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree. Um, so can you speak to a little bit about, you had named three things in the beginning. You said trust, um, the illusion of... Yes, trust, isolation, uh-huh. and it also, of course, um, you you build about unrealistic expectations or standards. Right, so we talked about the unrealistic expectations or standards. So as far as the trust is concerned, I think as um, as a couple, especially if you decide that you guys are not going to watch porn, and then, of course, one partner is still watching porn, or you guys decide, you know what I mean? I, of course, that's where trust can definitely start to be broken down, you know, because now you're value, valuing your relationship at a different standard, and anybody, basically your spouse is bringing other people into, you know, this sacred space that only you two should share. And um, so that is where the breakdown trust can definitely begin. So the, the the breakdown in trust, you know, that I see is is it involves shame. Okay, yeah. And shame is what causes the isolation and the right. breakdown of trust. Right. Um, it, it just calcifies trust. Right. You know, like a person wants to feel trustworthy but because they're in this cycle of shame and that cycle of shame kind of looks like this it's you feel bad about life or whatever you're going through so porn becomes the escape now the thing is about porn is that it's a very subconscious escape you're not thinking i need to go get high on porn to go feel better that's not how that works and you know you guys who watch it you can attest to this it's man life is going tough at a rough day you know, or my wife's tripping or, you know, my money's not right. Whatever it is, life is just on top of you. So, you know, you have some food, you relax, you watch sports, and then somehow, some way, your subconscious is telling you that you need to go and, and relieve yourself somehow. Go feel better. Go do what you love to go do. I think women can relate to that as far as food. And, and probably men too, but that's the same thing. It's subconscious. You don't even realize that you you having a bad day, or you're kind of irritable about something, or you got a little piece of bad news. And to make yourself feel better, you go for the carbs, or you go for the sugar, and it's just a little pick me up, nothing big. You know, you don't even realize you're doing it. So I can relate to that. And so, because life is still on top of you this way, what ends up happening is you know that this is somewhat of a source of relief. So you keep that to yourself. This is your place. This is your hiding space of relief. So this is where the trust bond gets messed up because now you're eating at this poisonous bowl of, you know, of of sexual fantasy and you are being, you're you're turning into something that, you know, is not good. You're lusting more. You're talking to different people outside of your house and you're trying your best to deal with it, but you can't say anything 
because a is gonna you know it's, it's causing you shame so you're not feeling good about yourself you feel bad about yourself and then also if you talk about it you're going to lose the very thing that brings you relief so that's the invisible bully that's best that's beating your butt up in the corner and it's like how do i get out of this hole and how do you get out of that hole jazz yeah, no, I think that's really good. Um, yeah, because with trust comes vulnerability, right? You can't have one without the other. In order to fully trust somebody requires for them to be vulnerable and for them to feel like they can come to you and talk to you requires a level of vulnerability from yourself. And in that situation, that vicious shame cycle that Chris was just talking about, um, that vulnerability is not there. And I can't be vulnerable with you because, number one, like Chris said, um, I will lose the thing that is giving me pleasure, but at the same time, um, I will disappoint you, I will hurt you, and I think that that is where you're just going to have to have those hard conversations, and then whoever needs to have that conversation, the other person just be that container and just be there to hold that space with them, and know that like anything it is challenging everything worthwhile is uphill like john maxwell says like it is challenging to confront something that is that huge and i'm sure chris when he first had to start this journey it was it was very very difficult and overwhelming and feelings of i don't think i'm ever going to be able to do it and feelings of defeat and victory and defeat and victory and um but I think what he learned and what I learned is it's one day at a time. It's being honest. It's being raw. It's not lying about it because if you lie about it, you know, it, that's just going to turn into more mess. So, I mean, these are things that we've learned as we've grown um, over the years. But at the same time, um, it's just it's just about being able to be that container for somebody, hold that space with them, love them through it, help them figure out the tools, but at the same time, establish boundaries and keep them accountable. That's really good. I mean, it's really good. Like those boundaries are going to be major to um, people understanding that I'm here with you. Now, I also don't want you to feel alone because statistically, 68 percent of men in the church watch porn regularly. And get this, 50% of pastors view porn regularly. Mm -hmm. So if you're at a church and you're not hearing about it, trust me, there's a good idea, there's a good chance that there's shame in the pulpit. Mm -hmm. Because it's hard to preach about something or teach about something that you're experiencing yourself. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the, the biggest thing I think that we have to, you know, learn is how do we deal with it? You know, how do you deal, how do you get away from it? So some things that I, you know, put in place, because, hey, I'm a, I'm a creative person, so I work at night. Um, and that's a big thing for me is that I like, my time is at night where I think I can write, I can just journey into my creative space. I'm a night owl, yeah. you know, and we're beautiful people, first off. You know, shout out to all my night owls, you know, those who, we're beautiful Your people. Your tribe is out there, babe. My tribe is alive, you know, for those who like to work late, 11 to 3, that work shift is awesome. But it also brings about isolation, and it brings about a sense. Perfect it's time. the perfect time for a perfect time. House is, the, house is dark. I am, it's perfect, man. It's the, most, it's a, the groove. I want to groove with you. It's the, it's the perfect time. It's the you Isley Brother time. You want to groove with yourself. You want, you, I mean, yeah, you're probably looking in the mirror. <laughs> it's a, probably a tough time. But nonetheless... 
Um, what I've done, you know, in recent times is I have been honest with me. So if I try to situate myself in the house to where I am not in a space that is conducive to, you know, the behavior I don't want to see. Like last night. So like last night, I had to work, you know, I do some homework and, you know, just get some stuff done uh, for the Fresh Life. Uh, shout out to the Fresh Life. We got some great things on the way. Um, and the, the the way that we do that is Jasmine's a morning person. She takes care of business in the morning and I'm up at night. So instead of isolating myself, going downstairs into the other uh, side of the house, I came up and sat in my son's room and I sat right next to him and did my work because that's a way of keeping myself accountable. Um, if I'm going, if he's, you know, if I don't do that, I'm going to sit in the bed. Uh, I'm going to sit on the couch in my bedroom. I'm going to do something that includes others so that I'm not isolated away from, you know, I'm not isolated. It's just not, it's not healthy for me. I know me. Um, many of, of people are going to struggle with being honest. So what I would say is there are different apps that you can use. There's an app called Our Tribe um, that allows you to put yourself in different groups if you want to just kind of talk to somebody about it. Um, there are many, you know, groups that are like AA. You can try those out. Um, you have to find out what works for you. Um, if you're really dealing with it, there's even a conference uh, up in Minnesota that you can that you can go to. I want to say it's like three days. Um, and then that's going to help you as well. There's so many different avenues depending on where you are. But I think it first starts with being honest, with saying this thing is heavy. Mm -hmm. Like, and if and here's the thing, being honest, if you were a cocaine addict, man, like, you know how many people would reach out to you? How many people would say, listen, man, however I can help. But something, there's a shame built around sex. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what is, I don't know why it is, but it's heavy. And there's shame built around being a cocaine or a drug addict. I mean, it's still the same, but those are visible signs of abuse, you know. But this is the same thing. You're losing time. You're losing your your, your partner. Um, you're detached from your kids, probably. I mean, you're getting arrested, probably, for doing all types of crazy stuff in the street. It's showing, and it's going to show. And if it hasn't shown, trust me, it, that, that mountain is on top of you, and it's heavy, and it can crush you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So we are talking about <laughs> Jasmine's so funny. She's so heavy into, you know, just like looking at me and, you know, seeing what I'm saying that maybe you're drawn into me. Yeah, I am. I am. But then you just give me the mic and I'm like, um, oh, I, know. I wasn't really ready to talk. It's you okay. So it's well. it's quite all right. So, okay. So, yes. but what I did want to say were tools. And that's what you, I know that's what you were talking about. So, another tool that we used, um, and we're kind of just like all over the place because we never really script this stuff out, you guys. We just talk from the heart, so forgive us. But um, another tool that we used was as far as building our um, sexual intimacy was things like turning on the lights and not having sex in the dark because it helped us both stay present um, in that present moment. So being mindful, being mindful of the present moment. And, um, so turning on the lights, making eye contact, these things help you from not drifting off into fantasy because you see what's right in front of you. Your eyes are open. Um, you're making eye contact with your partner that helps increase, um, your ability just to stay present. So you're not, Chris is not escaping into another fantasy, um, about some images that he's seen. And I'm not escaping into a fantasy world about how I will 
wanting everything to play out because I'm being more intentional to be mindful. Um, another thing is um, just trying to use all of our five senses. Like there's there's like only a few things of sex, eating, where you use all of your senses at once. But um, sex sex is a place where you can use all five senses at once and just and just doing more activities like that because that helps you stay very present and very mindful so I think those were two tools um that we use anything else that you was going to that well as far as tools on um, the last thing I wanted to say is if you all if anyone listening to this you know is desiring to disclose this information with their partner please email me first um at and the email address is info at thefreshlifebrand.com. That's info at thefreshlifebrand.com. Or you can email me at info at chrismarvell.life. Uh, and the thing is about disclosure is there are steps, there are ways to do it. Um, and I want to make sure that you're putting together a plan that is safe for your relationship and safe for you. Uh, because, of course, telling somebody what you've been going through sexually is a big deal. Um, and it's a really big deal and your desire to get healthy should be, you know, championed, uh, and it should be supported. So, um, you want to go into it with all the tools necessary. So we started off with this thing, joking, you know, talking about me because listen, porn in itself is broadcast is probably very loosely fun, crazy situations, but it's, it's, it's videoed and it's built and produced to do a certain thing. And if you look at some of the the genres and within porn, um, they aren't natural, you know, and they're things that you naturally wouldn't even want to discuss that you're interested in with your buddies out in the forefront. And there's a reason that your brain likes it, and it's a reason that it works, uh, and it's a reason that it works privately. Mm -hmm. So you have to be honest with yourself. You can be honest with me. Um, I'm your boy. Women, if you want to be honest with Jazz, um, you know, let her know, but trust me, there, there's something bigger in your life, um, meant for you in relationships and porn will stop and destroy and destruct all of it. I think for the, another tool that we use is just communication, like just talking a lot, talking, 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 and, um, and just being honest, like uh, you're going to have to talk about, especially when you're battling a porn addiction, you're going to have to talk about relapse. You're going to have to make up a plan for relapse. You're going to have to talk about um, urges and triggers and boundaries. And those are not easy conversations, but they're conversations worth having. They're conversations worthwhile. And um, so I would just encourage people just to talk and also talk about things that um, explore more sex with your partner with your spouse like um what do you like what do you like that I do um figuring exploring them more sexually too helps because um you you you're the only person that they get right you're the only person that they get they're not focused anymore or they're trying to walk away from watching pornography so what do I need to do to what can I how can I explore you to make this time more enjoyable to do the things that you like? Um, so there's all there's so many conversations to be had um, in regards to, you know, your sex life and the things that you guys are trying to avoid together. But um, I think definitely one a good tool that, you know, cut out things for us was just like the only time we have an orgasm is when we're with each other. Like that—that that is just like, uh, 
firm rule for us. Yeah, and that's how you can blow a hole through the roof, man. By waiting. Yeah, by waiting. Facts. No Gotta facts. Wait. Yeah. I mean, you want to pew 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 pew. Yeah, keep keep watching porn. Yeah. You want to, you know. Yeah, have this explosive, you this massive, explosive, yeah. massive, mm-hmm. you know, situation with yeah. you. Like that. Yeah. yeah. You gotta like. You gotta either you're gonna be a lion that eats and feasts, or you're gonna keep nibbling on you know yeah. small little stuff. Right. You gotta make a decision like what you yeah. want out of your yeah, out mean, of your sex life. Be, yes, and because your your intimacy, your connection, everything is at an all time much higher level when you take porn out of it. Like um, the connection that you have with your partner, you guys' level of um, relatability and intimacy, and just enjoying each other, like just in really physically enjoying each other, goes to a whole nother level. Bet, big time. Enjoyment. I enjoy you. I enjoy you too. I enjoy. I'm gonna enjoy you soon. Amen. Now listen. One last thing for those who are probably wondering, like, how do I know if I have an addiction? I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this real quick, and then um, yeah, I want to hear from I want to hear from all of you. I want to hear from the tribe. So a here's the five stages of pornography addiction. Number one, early exposure. I talked about that when I was young, seeing pornography on TV. Um, discover some magazines, some boxes of pornography, all of that hit me. Next was, of course, addiction. You start to make it a part of your life. Um, you get alone time. Um, the house is empty when you're a kid. Parents are gone. You're looking for it. Uh, number three is escalation. Um, you're so used to porn um, that you need to find more of it. Um, you weren't even thinking about irregular porn, but you, you're thinking about it now. Um, you're into different types, different genres. You're, you're really escalating this thing to a different level than where you started. Uh, number four is now you're desensitized. You've reached a point <clears throat> where it's like porn is porn. I mean, who cares what I'm watching? Like, it is what it is. Like, it's kind of boring, may even be unexciting to you. I mean, if you're at the desensita- desensitized stage, like, you got to really figure out some ways to start communicating because this thing is... It's really in you, and it's messing up your brain. And number five, you're starting to act out sexually. Now, this can happen to anyone, whether you're single or married. And if you're single, this is what's probably helping to keep you single. Um, and if you're married, this is what's going to ruin your marriage um, because now you're taking those those fantasies outside of your relationship. So when you're unable to stop using porn, even though you're trying to stop, you're addicted. You're becoming angry and defensive when somebody asks you to stop. You got a problem. Um, when you got a, sh- a, a some shame and guilt that is on top of you, like and you're only you, you're you're scared for somebody to figure this out. You got a problem. Um, when you're denying that you have a problem, you, denial is don't even know I'm lying to myself. That's denial. Um, when you got these like intense feelings. Uh, feeling like, you know, I'm, I'm in shame, I'm living a double life, you got a problem. You know, when you're losing interest outside of your outside of work and everything else is just, I either go to work and I'm at home and, and in front of my computer, you got a problem. So we have to figure out ways, you know, to get you um, to quickly, you know, get to a place where you can deal with it so we can have long-term health and we can, you know, figure out, uh, how you can have the best life possible, man, and have a relationship that you deserve um, with one person, with one um, with one body, with one love, with one set of intimacy to, to build on. 
Absolutely. I love it. Thank you, Chris, for your vulnerability and for sharing and just your openness and honesty with our listeners. This wasn't an easy one. I was kind of like, oh, I'm a little, have a little anxiety about this episode. But um, I know that we always say (laughs) they're on the right track. We're on the right track. If it scares you, that's what you got to do. Because we and our family, we do what? We do the hard things. And we know that our journey through pornography and... um, it's just going to help somebody else, you know, like we're, as you could, what I know for sure is that we're not the only ones. I mean, the statistics speak of it alone about how massive this problem is and how it is just so easily to uh, be consumed. So, um, so we hope that it's helped. So until next time, Oh guys, stay tuned, man. Like we are so close. Um, We have a special guest coming up soon. Uh, on the next podcast, it's going to be crazy. Um, definitely a special guest. Um, so stay tuned for that. Um, do y'all like our special guests? Anybody y'all recommend we bring onto the podcast? Uh, let us know. Um, we got some amazing product coming out soon. Um, so be, be stay tuned. Fresh Life is cooking, man. Yes, we are. I love Hello, you. Fresh. I love you, baby. Thank y'all for listening. Um, tell a friend, tell a coworker, tell your mama. Listen to the fresh life. Bye bye.